this is Season 5 of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's podcast, where we cover the roping industry from top to bottom. This is where the team roping world talks. We talk through tough subjects, we talk big wins, and we talk real issues affecting the community. I'm your host and editor of the Team Roping Journal, Chelsea Schaefer. Today's episode is brought to you by Farnham. I'm going to tell you more about them at the commercial break, but just know it is fly season and today's commercial is going to be all about fighting bugs. Hey everybody, this is Chelsea. We are dropping this episode right before the Bob Feist Invitational, so stand by, you'll get BFI winners on the next one. But today's episode is with Clay Tryon and Jake Long, who just won Rodeo Houston. I'm recording it as they're driving home, so you'll hear cars full of kids and uh, my dogs coming in, because my five-year-old let them into the room as I started to talk to Clay. So my audio guy, Craig, my producer, Craig, he's going to do everything he can to make this sound really great. But if it doesn't, just know that this is real life in Team Roping Land. I also have a cold. Uh, but anyway, neither here nor there. We've got a lot of great stuff coming at you. Uh, it's always fun when Clay try and wins something big uh, because he's so honest. He's so Clay and I have been talking to each other for 12 years now, so it's great to get to visit with him. And Jake Long is just such a social, nice guy to talk to about team roping. So it's always relaxing to talk to these two veterans. Uh, takes the pressure off. So I hope you all enjoy today's episode of The Score. Hey, Glenn. Are you still in Houston? No, I'm halfway home, probably. This was a... This was kind of a wild day. You had a big jackpot this morning. Was that, that just was that was yesterday? Gotcha. Yeah. So how much did you win at the Crawfish Open? Uh, Seventy six hundred. Seventy six hundred. Awesome. And yeah. do you and Junior rope as second partners a lot? We rope as third partners. Third partners. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, tell me, talk me through your week at Houston. When were you guys up in? What set were you up in? Um, I think we were we were in the fourth set. We did. We won the last round, so we advanced. And I went with home. I think roped a little bit, practiced, and then uh, went down there, made it back in the semis. We split second, third. I mean, no, I drove to the crawfish Friday because we didn't have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And then back over here today, and that was my week. <laughs> did um. Do you have, I mean, the crossfire thing was hard. Do you, It worked out, though, in the end, I suppose. Did you have any thoughts on that? Were you thinking mad when it happened, or did you just kind of? Well, well, no. I mean, I, I thought a few guys borderline did it in front of us. And uh, he kind of borderline did it, too, in my opinion. It just sucks when you're the only guy who gets flagged out. Two other guys. One guy, Dankshire, did it bad, and then the other guy was kind of about like we were. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little disappointing, but that, I mean, that's how it goes. I mean, he's a good flagger, and I mean, it's it's a tough job. They see it right in the moment. They just can't let you crossfire. Mm-hmm. So then everybody, you know, so I, I get it. It's disappointing when it happens to you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's part of it, too. Is there anything as a header that you do to get the steer's head a little bit faster, just given how fast Jake likes to throw? Is there anything when it when there's like a borderline shot like that? No, like, I don't know. 
this year's were old, kind of Houston this year, mm-hmm. and they were kind of not. It almost kind of slowed when you had them. It seemed like, and they weren't really switching out very far. It's almost like they kept their butt kind of hidden and almost come underneath themselves. Mm-hmm. So when they do that, it's really hard to. Sometimes it's hard to get him pulled in time, especially he likes to throw fast. But usually that doesn't happen. I mean, most most of the time it doesn't happen. And that's arena's huge. It's just kind of different to rope out there in general. Yeah. What uh, what year did you win it the first time, Clay? Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, with Jade. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I re- I remember that now. I, I gotcha. So did you just have did you have good luck there in your early in the early years of your career, or was sixteen the first year that it was good? That was the first year I've ever won it. I mean, I maybe placed sometimes. I think I won third a few times in this new format. Mm-hmm. But I've been going there so long, it wasn't always. I don't even know when they started this new format. Maybe probably mid two thousands or seven oh eight. So I've probably been there ten times before they did it like mm-hmm. that. Um, no, I haven't done great there. Just you know, I think I won third. Maybe the last time they had it, I think I won third. Or and then I mean, I've won third a few times. I placed a few times. Nothing great though. I mean, just the two wins are by far the biggest. Yeah, of course. They, um, that format, I remember us years ago, back in the spin-to-win days, I did a story on the tournament-style formats and, and why rodeos do it. And they did it, like, basically, back then, 10 years ago, everyone I talked to was doing it because Houston's survey said that it was such a great deal. Well, do you have thoughts? All the, you know, you've been in now. Well, Houston's is every- great because they have the money. The mm-hmm. other rodeos that do it aren't very good because they don't have enough money, so it doesn't work out very good. Mm-hmm. So it's just simple math. But I don't think everybody gets simple math sometimes. But <laughs> San Antonio has a lot of money, so it works. But when you don't add a lot of money, it doesn't work. Yeah. So you have to add a ton of money, and if you want to be, you know, add what Houston does, then, it, then the format works good. And it's tough because it's not like you can dislike the format and not go. Like you went to rodeos like the you went to the other rodeos like Denver, right? That had a tournament style format. Denver, Denver's not terrible because they don't front load it. It's mm-hmm. not a bad, you know. Like I think I won, I won Denver two years in a row, or I won second at Denver in like maybe nineteen, and then twenty I won split it or whatever, and we won about the same amount of money as I did at the time before. season last year you were like not thrilled with how you had roped last year does this take some pressure off so you can really kind of have some fun this summer or are you still going um with having oh i don't yeah no i i'm i don't know if i'm weird or not but you are uh this uh i want to win the next place i go just sure as if i had one so it doesn't really i mean it's nice to win probably the best rodeo win i've ever had in my life because I, when I won it the last time, it didn't count for the NFR. So obviously, it's the most money I've ever won that's counted towards the NFR. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, it, it is the biggest rodeo of the year. Uh, I guess the American is just different. But uh, this the Houston's cooler because of the format, how you rope it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The American, like, you'd show up, 
Jerome, you leave. It's not. Houston's pretty pretty cool format. So other than that, it's the best rodeo besides the NFR. Um, so yeah, anytime you win something that big, it's obviously exciting. But yeah, no, I don't know. No, I'm, I just I like to try to win or do good. I don't, I don't like to lose, which I know no one does. But um, it's just. Oh, it's just the way I am. I don't care tomorrow if I'm rolling for a hundred dollars, hundred thousand. I'm not gonna try to win. But well, sure. I might be a little, a little weird about stuff sometimes. <laughs> okay, we're all used to you. You've been around for a while, Clay, so I yeah. think everybody's used yeah. to your answers about stuff like this. <laughs> um, now you got on your mare, right? Did you ride her? I only watched today, so did you ride her? I rode her the whole time. The whole time. And you had switched from her. You didn't like her, or you switched off of her at the Thomas and Mac. Is this obviously way more of her setup? What What do you, what's... Yeah, it's just more her style mm-hmm. than, than the Thomas and Mac, but I don't know. I haven't really, I didn't, you know, the Thomas and Mac goes different. It's not about, it's such a short score. Like, a lot of horses that people ride there ain't even really that good at other stuff, but they're good there, so uh, it just depends. I mean, some horses are good at both, but... It's, it's just a different way of roping there than versus Houston's more like it is during the year. I mean, maybe a little bit longer score than, you know, long box. Than, but but the NFR, we don't do that anytime all year but there. You know? mm-hmm. so she's more better at the longer scores, I for me personally. But. You said when you were talking to Boyd after you won that um... – you had to talk Jake into making <laughs> taking that shot. Tell me about what what the conversation. Oh, Jake, he gets excited sometimes. He's <laughs> real aggressive, and I told him that I was. I just kind of know him well enough now that I was. I knew what I was going to do. I was going to run in there, probably let my horse right off, and make sure I caught the steer. But when you do that, sometimes you don't pull him very good right away because you're not going very fast. Mm-hmm. And all I tell him to do is make sure I pull the steer before you heal it. Let me get going first. Mm-hmm. And we've been practicing. He's been working on his horse. He said, so like we've been practicing here, Alice. And I said, yeah, like we've been practicing miles. That's the first time I've ever had a conversation like that before I've run one. But, you know, you're going to have to have to be a short four, which that's what I thought was going to have to happen. And then. Next thing you know, you just got to catch the steer. So your, your mind frame, you know, you have to change your mindset just immediately. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm good at just catching, or I used to be really good at it. So then you got to kind of relax and be like, make sure you don't break the barrier. And just, you, you got to catch him every time when you get that situation. Because that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Like, what did, what was, can you tell me what was going on in that round? Like, was it just bad luck that, that Jiggers had? And, and or was it? Were the, were the steers old enough that they had some tricks? What was happening? Oh, they were a little tricky. Yeah, I think Jade slipped a leg. I couldn't really see Jade rope. Mm-hmm. I, I know he turned him fast, and I don't know if he slipped a leg or roped a leg. I mean, he usually doesn't miss. Mm-hmm. The first team out, I don't, the steer, they probably had the worst steer in there mm-hmm. as far as speed-wise, and they just missed. I guess it happens. There's only four teams. And then, sure. I mean, if you win 50, I mean, it's a big deal, so guys are going to try to take chances. You mm-hmm. know? And... Uh, you don't expect that to happen because, I mean, I think two of the best teams in the world were were in it. I mean, I mean, Draggers and Clay Smith, those guys, those guys are, you know, unbelievably good. So if you run it over again, they're probably both 4-2, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what you're kind of getting ready for, advantage to go last. I've been going a lot first to the rodeo, which it worked out. But you kind of, you know, I guess we're just in the right situation to do that. If they had been 4-2 or, you know, Four, four, yeah. five, four, seven. 
was your yeah. game plan going to be to try to be 4 1, or was your yes, game plan going to. I was going to try to beat it. Because I had a good steer and I knew it. Gotcha. I was try to do it. Gotcha. Uh, I had the steer to do it, too. Yeah, for sure. What? Who had had that steer before? I don't know. They were 4 3 on it. He was one of the better ones that I thought. So nice. I, he was going to give me a chance whether a guy could do it or not. He was going to let you have a chance to do it. Yeah. Um, now tell me, you're one of the guys who've rodeoed through 9-11, through everything that's happened in the world. What are your plans going to change with, with fuel prices this summer? Any entering plans? What are you thinking? Uh, it's going to be a bad answer. I haven't even really thought about it. I've had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is just the last, uh, like I said, I just wanted a few hours ago. I don't really know. I mean, I hope they go back down just for everyone's sake, sure. uh, not just rodeo people, but just everybody in general, just because it, you know, it's just, it affects everyone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, I have no plans right now, I'm just glad I got through this, honestly, I got Austin on Monday, I'm going to try to do good over there. What about California? Are you California bound? Uh, I don't know yet, I don't know yet, we haven't decided, like I said, we would have probably went, I don't know now, I mean, uh, I got, like I said, I got older kids and we got stuff going on. And so sometimes if you can get a break and watch some new stuff, it's, it's cool to get to do that. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I feel like every time we check in and we talk about the boys, what's their, I mean, they're really great. I mean, they're doing outstanding. Every time I look, they're, they're yeah. winning something. So what's their plan? Well, Tyler got hurt the other day. He got his number now. He's going to be out for quite a while. So oh, no. We're going to lay off roping for a little while. The other one's playing baseball. I mean, we're going to rope a little at home, but me in the middle one. But uh, we're going to take a little break for a while. Their numbers were getting so high anyways that we're going to just chill out anyways for a little bit. So, as were you there when Tyler got his finger in the dally? Yeah. How was that as a parent? Not good. Yeah. Not good. Gosh, dang. So, I didn't know that. That's. Yeah. How's he doing? Is he handling it okay? He's not good. He's doing good, yeah. Good. How we do got more stuff we got to do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are they homeschooled or are they going to let that little school in Lipan there? No, they're homeschooled. Good. They're, uh, they're homeschooled. So we uh, do some school and rope quite a bit. Mm hmm. Shoot hoops. We do a lot of stuff. It feels like rope goats. They rope a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. Is Dash roping now quite a bit? Uh, he ropes a little bit. He's, uh, he's more into. Uh, Playing basketball, he's pretty good. Baseball, he's pretty, he's pretty good. He's pretty good at everything. Having older brothers, uh, quite a bit older than you, helps. Yeah. Uh, makes you a little ahead of the curve on some stuff. And he's kind of, he's pretty athletic and he tries hard. He goes pretty hard at whatever he does. So he's pretty good at everything. Nice. Very good, sir. Well, I will let you uh, drive safely home from uh, from Houston. Thank yeah. you, Clay. I appreciate it. It's good to talk to you in the regular season. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Bye. All right, right, we're going to take a break from this episode to talk to you about Barnum. Bugs really suck. I have tried so many sprays and found that those alone just don't work. Thankfully, I've discovered Farnum's no-fly zone to help rid my barn of those annoying, filthy, disease-carrying flies, ticks, and mosquitoes. With Farnum's three-stage approach of block, repel, and reduce, which means using different products for specific scenarios, you can set yourself up for success. 
For example, I physically block flies using a super mask, repel flies with my favorite fly spray, and actually reduce the number of flies I'm dealing with by using their feed-through fly control simplify. To learn more and start your own no-fly zone, go to farnum.com, that's F-A-R-N-A-M.com, and download a free copy of the Horse Owner's Guide to Creating Your Own No-Fly Zone. Again, that's F-A-R-N-A-M.com. Farnum, our partner in fly control. Hey, Hey, what are you doing? So, uh, <laughs> are you going the whole way home tonight? How far is it? It's four and a half hours, so it's not too bad. All right, Jake, I feel like talking to you about this win, I mean, I don't know if anybody else, if you've done a bunch of interviews already, but if anybody else has asked about the not win that happened earlier in the week, because that Facebook loved to talk about your crossfire shot, um, does this wipe out the fact that you got called out for a crossfire? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously it, obviously it worked out. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, that was a tough situation. And, uh, you know, I told somebody really in the long run, though, that even after it happened, we would have won second that night. And the way the round was unfolded the next night, we wouldn't have tried to get that fast. So, you know, I probably would have ended up second the second night if we had caught. So, you know, it maybe cost us a thousand in the long run. So... You know, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal, and obviously it worked out, but at the time it felt huge because it put us in a spot where we would have had to just place in the last round, and then all of a sudden now we're in a spot where we had to win first. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it, truthfully, the shot probably was a crossfire, uh-huh. and so it, it wasn't really that I was arguing whether it was or it wasn't a crossfire, I was just more arguing that. Uh, somebody else got to take the same throw as two teams in front of me. And, and so, uh, you know, it's a tough spot for Jim Bob. I know, you know, my argument was, if you're going to let him do it, you got to let me do it. And his argument was, he made a mistake by letting him do it. He didn't want to keep making the same mistake. So, you know, from his point, I see it. And from my point, I see it. So I don't really know who's right in the long run. Yeah. We both feel like we're right, I guess. Yeah, and it's kind of like, is it like the live by the sword, die by the sword? Like, are you okay with getting called out for a crossfire, given that sometimes you do like to take that shot? Like, Yeah, I think, you know, the guys that get bad for getting flagged out, to me it's always been, that's the risk of taking that throw. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't want to get flagged out, then don't throw there. Mm-hmm. I think that's the major art to healing. I know the big debate nowadays is people want to get rid of the crossfire rule, and I... Everybody thinks that I would be a big proponent for taking it away. I actually am a big proponent for keeping it. I, I think that's the art of healing. I think that's like riding the perfect start on the head side. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to ride a perfect corner and take that throw consistently and not either not have it be crossfire or not make it look like it's a crossfire. I mean, to me, that's what the best dealers in the world do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the crossfire is actually an easier shot. You can just kind of quit riding your horse and you know, say you're over the rack and they're switching, and it's, it's honestly way easier than, than doing it right. So, uh, but it's also, you know, when I had all the older as far as the fighters, you know, that was what was tough down there is when he let that shot go by Jake Miner, two teams in front of me. Yeah. My brain told me, okay, it's game on tonight. It's okay to go ahead and be super aggressive. Um, 
I was unaware that he thought he made a mistake. So uh-huh. that's what got me in trouble. If I would have been the only one to take that through and he'd have played me out, yeah. I wouldn't have said one word to him because to me I knew it was I knew it was close. I mean I had some borderline shot. It could and it probably is a crossfire, but I mean I you know, you'll get away with it sometimes. And uh, but if you're gonna throw there you can't be mad for getting flagged out. I mean it's just kind of part of what comes with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good perspective, Jake. It's a very mature perspective on the situation. <laughs> um, and when I talked to Clay just now, he said that when before you guys roped on that last year, that you told or that you said something like, "Just like we've been doing at your house," like because he's trying. He said he's really trying to make sure he gets the steer in tow. What what does that mean to you? What kind of shot were you trying to take, and what have you been working on at the house that translated to that? Uh, well, earlier in the, like in San Antonio, them, I was having a hard time getting around the steers. Oh. I've been maybe giving them a touch too much of a head start. My horse is just a little, little tight, so we were practicing down there at Barry's house. We were just kind of talking about it, and I've been trying to practice lately on not necessarily freeing my horse up, but like instead of just healing for myself or healing aggressive, just taking one or two more swings, so nothing... Nothing to the point to where he knows you're freeing up, but it does keep you moving through there. And so, uh, right before he rode in, he said, he said, hey, give me a second to pull this cow, because he knows, obviously, I'm super aggressive. Yeah. And he's going to be going for the catch, and he said sometimes that I throw so fast that I don't give him time to actually handle the cow. Uh-huh. And so, I think he was just basically letting me know, like, he's going to take a second to gather everything. Mm-hmm. And so then I told him, I said, I'm just going to do exactly like we've been doing in practice, and then I'm just going to, you know, let him square off, get one swing over him, and heal him, just like I'm, you know, kind of freeing my horse up. So cool. uh, it was kind of serendipity, I guess, that we've been working on that. But was that uncomfortable for you? Like, thank God you've been working on it, but was that, did that make you more nervous? Uh, honestly, him saying that gave me a lot of peace because. Uh, truthfully, I was a little bit double-minded uh, when I saw Caleb miss. You know, it's kind of that old adage of like, man, do I go ahead and just heal like I heal, or do I back off? Because I'm always, I've always felt like I can live with myself if I mess up or like myself. If I take an aggressive shot and I miss, well, then that's that's who I am. I trust my instincts. Um, but by him kind of saying that to me, it it cleared my mind, and it, I, I guess it put me more on just a one-track path of like. When this gate opens, I know what I'm going to do now. I'm not, you know, not really even looking for a shot. Like, if he would have set perfect for a first hop shot, I wouldn't have even, I wasn't even looking for it. So, yeah. Uh, which I said was spectacular. But, uh, you know, it ended up being, I guess it put my mind basically into the practice pen of like, I'm just going to pretend like I'm bringing my horse up. And I did it at the Relpin. We went to Relpin and sent um, the crawfish Relpin the day before. And, uh, I rode my good. I rode my backup horse, the whole rope, and, and then I ended up riding my good horse on two steers just to free up. So again, I kind of practiced it, you know, the day before anyway. So yeah, I guess so. Um, now I asked Clay, and he said he hadn't really given it much thought yet. Have you thought much about fuel prices and how you guys are thinking of rodeoing this summer? Is it going to affect? Um, your plan now you've got fifty thousand one. You might not have to blow every penny you have going to every rodeo this summer. Any any thoughts yet? 
for the world standings. Is that correct? In my memory? Yes. Yes, it is. Gotcha. Does it feel cool, I guess? Feels feels good, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. It feels awesome. I, I guess. That's why I told my wife. It's such a weird thing because uh, I just told her the other day that, you know, it's been a long time since I've really won something big. And I yeah. was kind of, you know, borderline frustrated with myself. And, and then obviously to win this, and then it's almost like, it sounds weird for as long as I've done it, but it's almost like it hadn't sunk in yet. Yeah. It's something I've always wanted to do good here. I've never, that's the first time I've even had a chance to win it. I've never made the final four, uh, been in the top 10 deal, I think, just once. So, I mean, it's been a rodeo that really hadn't been very good to me. So, yeah, it, it, it feels amazing, but I, I don't think it's fully sank in yet. <laughs> that's awesome. And you, what's your week look like this week? Austin? Uh, we got Austin Monday. And then I know we've got some relevance and stuff coming up uh, this weekend, but I'm not real sure when they are. Gotcha. All righty, sir. Well, thank you so much, and congratulations. Thank you. I All appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Farnham and their No-Fly Zone program. The No-Fly Zone blocks flies by using a fly mask to create a physical barrier to protect your horse's eyes and face and depending on where you live and what type of insect pests you're up against Farnham also offers a super mask style to protect the ears from biting flies gnats and those disgusting blood-sucking ticks too the second part of the block repel reduce program is repel Farnham has tons of options here to take control of your horse's health what's your preference a long-lasting fly spray like indoor a botanical option like Equisec made with organically grown chrysanthemums or a spot-on treatment such as Equispot, which is terrific tick repellent. Whatever weapon you choose keeps pests off your horse's body and you need to use it regularly and read the label so you apply it correctly and get the most bang for your buck. The last step is reduce and this part is cool. Farnham has a pelleted product that you feed to your horse to stop flies from forming. All the action takes place in the manure of the horse and the horse acts just as the mixing vat. An insect growth regulator in Simplify breaks the fly life cycle by preventing larvae from developing into mature adults. It's safe and simple and one of the best ways to reduce unwanted flies for a happier horse and home. <laughs>